foot enthusiasts, minimal footwear lovers, or anyone trying to fix your own feet, I'm heading to North Carolina this May to lead a live, in-person, three-day retreat all about feet. I'm going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's so beautiful there. And are you ready to hear what I'm calling it? The retreat is called Healing Your Soul, a stepwise approach to building forever functional feet. That's so good, right? If you want to learn all about how to take care of the muscles, bones, joints, fascia, and nerves of the feet, and learn how strong feet and ankles relate to sustainable hips and knees, this event is for you. In addition to the classroom and movement time with me, you're on retreat. So there's delicious meals, a nature-rich campus that you can explore on foot, and plenty of time for rest and relaxation, all included. A retreat is a perfect way to care for yourself in the moment, but also in the future. You are coming to learn a massive toolkit of information. So whether you're a competitive runner, a dynamic ager, or a healthcare practitioner, this is a weekend full of movement for you and your feet. And like I said, you're gonna leave with a toolkit and a big swag bag that you can use to train your feet for life. For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. You're listening to Katie Says, the podcast that helps you become aligned and well. Join us for conversations with Katie Bowman, biomechanist, creator and director of the Restorative Exercise Institute, author, teacher, blogger, mother, and total body nerd. Understand the mechanical causes of modern ailments, learn how to fix them, and restore yourself to a more functional state of natural human movement. We hope you find the general information on biomechanics, movement, and alignment informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such. And now, your host, Danny Hammett. Hello, you're listening to Katie Says. I'm Danny Hammett here with Katie Bowman. How's it going this morning, Katie? It's freakishly amazing. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Freakishly amazing. Did you sleep well? You know what? I've been um, walking in the morning like five miles at 5 a.m. just because I am in a big kind of work crunch time now because Move Your DNA is now out, which we'll talk about later. But um, it's been my salvation. I still get all my movement kind of throughout the day, but I'm totally charged and ready to go by this big bout in the morning. So I'm feeling really good. So you get up at five, um, I ish. guess, five-ish. Five-ish. And how long does that take to to knock out those five miles? Well, I mean, rather than a distance, I, I mean, I'm not really trying to walk as fast as I can because, you know, right, longer is better. But about 90 minutes I've been walking. Okay. I recruited a friend. I, rec I recruited actually lots of friends, but one friend. <laughs> raised her hand and so 
90, 90 minutes, sometimes a little bit longer, and the sun is just barely coming up. We got stuck between two packs of communicating coyotes this morning, which was rad slash freaky, but um, it was fine. You know, of course, there's, there's no oh, yeah. thing, but, um, but it was like surreal. It's pitch black, and I, I feel really good. I've been doing it for a couple of weeks now. That's excellent. That's excellent. I um, We're still getting up early and walking, but it's... It's going to get colder here pretty soon, so it's yeah. time time yeah. to bundle up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we are getting right into it. Lucky you, you still get the question of the day. Awesome. Lucky me. Lucky you. <laughs> so, name one thing you could not live without. Mm. Oxygen. Oh, well, that's a gimme, but yeah, that's a pretty good answer. See, that's how my mind works. Yeah, like, I, 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 I should don't have know. much imagination. Okay, so do you mean not literally, like figuratively? Yeah, I mean, we all uh, really. I'd we, say my glasses. See, even then, I'll say like my glasses are my contact lenses, but again, I'm still meaning literally. Figuratively, Katie, um, library card. Oh, the library card. That's a good one. I like that. See, you got around. You came around eventually, so that's good. <laughs> well, all the things in my mind, I was like, my husband, my children, my fan. Oh, my library card. I know what yeah, you mean. My yeah. library card. Yeah, yeah. The extraneous you? stuff. Um, well, could I say like walking? Is um, that well, something walking, that? See, walking because I will talk about would go in the same literal category. Okay, I think, oxygen. Yes. So I'm going to quit making fun of you because I'm answering just you, like you. You and I in the same boat. Hey and, pot. Hey kettle. Yeah, <laughs> you're black. No, I'm black. No, you're I'm black. black. All right. And then my glasses, too, because I'm I'm just blind as a bat. But, you know, laughing? Yeah. Okay, let's get on with it. So you are back in the States, which is awesome. Did you enjoy your trip? I did. Cool. It was, um, it was great. Excellent. I missed talking with you because I have lots of questions. And a lot of the questions are about your latest book, Move Your DNA, which that came out in, was that August or September? I think it was the end of August, correct? It technically is not released yet. It does not get released till mid-October, and this is the beginning of October that we're recording this, but we started shipping pre-orders, and Amazon started shipping pre-orders um, at the end of August. So it's been out, it's been out for about four weeks, and um, it's, it's in all the you know, in bookstores now, hopefully have, have gotten it now. So yes, it's new, four weeks, man, four weeks. That's pretty good because it's already a bestseller. It is. Um, that's crazy uh, it is it is crazy now this is your third book yeah um and is this your first bestseller list book it is congratulations thank you well i have been lucky enough to read the book um and it is it's groundbreaking i will just say it even though that's probably been said a lot about it and although it's the thus far culmination of your life's work and you're not even that old really it addresses. You're welcome. It addresses a lot of current health questions and debates, like kegels, standing workstations, stuff that's very current. Sitting, the new smoking, minimal footwear, stuff like that. It's huge. And I, if you're listening and you have a human body, listeners, I advise you to read this book because not only is it written in typical Katie style, which is very funny and warm. But you get a really good education, a really good science education in that book. So I'm going to ask you some questions about it. Okay. It's just, you did such a good job. I'm very proud of you. Even though I had nothing to do with it, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> well, so. everyone has something to do. I mean, well. everyone has something to do with it because it took me a long time to figure out, you know, this stuff 
is all very um, comfortable in my mind. And I, I make a lot of assumptions of what people know. Like I just assume that people know some of these basic things. But I realized over the last seven to 10 years and just talking with people and teaching people how people were interpreting different things, it's like, oh, okay, well, then I know how, how to explain something a little bit differently maybe. So I would say that the book is, you said it's huge, but it's, it's actually not, you know, it's under 300 pages, which is no, nice. But it's like not the, overwhelming. It's yeah. dense. It's dense. I know yeah. what you mean. I just wanted for the listeners out there to know, like, it's actually not, you know, like a war and peace. No, it not is, at all. No, it's, it's, um, it's similar to reading my blog style, which is casual. But at the same time, it is, there's a technicality to it. I know we'll talk about this, but there's a technicality that's there that makes it particularly dense, I would say. It's a relatively short read for the amount of information that you do. So it isn't huge. You're right. But no. what you propose is huge in right. there. Yes. Um, and you also have to read it 17 times. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm actually day, so. I'm actually on my second way through just right. because it was just, I kind of ate it like a, a bag of Fritos the first time, like Cookie Monster, yeah. like crumbs were flying everywhere. And I was like, gum, 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 gum. And now I have to go back and go, oh, yeah, I missed that one. So yeah. it's, and I just did last night come across something else. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't see that. So it's really, you did a, a just a bang up job. Who are you most hoping to reach with this book? Because it's more broad than the other other books that you've written. I mean, as far as what's your hope for audience? Oh, you know, that's a good question, but I don't know. I don't know if I wrote it with any with any particular audience in mind. Um, I would say that I went out of my way not to make it too simple. So obviously, I wasn't writing it. I wasn't writing it for every single person because if I was, then I would think that there would perhaps be even more of a back detail that needed to be included. Um, I think that I wrote it for everyone in that, in that I, that I wrote it not directed to professionals who are working with individuals, but just every individual themselves, everyone who's come to the realization of something's not right here. And the information that I'm getting to, to fix the something that's not right, doesn't resonate with me in terms of being complete or doesn't have a, a deep enough backstory. So I think in that way that I wrote it for everyone. Um, that all being said, the progression of the book as it you know went from different publishers at, when it was a proposal who were like you really need to you know dial the writing back to more of an eighth grade level. You need to not put so much of the why, just put the how to fix it, and and that didn't sit well with me because I was like I think that people have enough of the watered down um, general five steps to fix something, and I think that's kind of led to the where the struggle is because you can't really get better in five steps. It's more like 5,000 steps. Or if you could learn a different set of five things about the why, that maybe the, those steps, you'd be able to figure out more of those steps along the way as opposed to being told five steps and you're going, but I don't, I don't know how to fill in the other half steps in between because no one really taught me the why. So I did right. the why. And then well, I, and as a scientist, the why I imagine is so super important for you. Well, you know what? The why is all one really knows. The steps are the least scientific part about it, right? Like, right. Like, like scientifically, I can say, here's the literature that, you know, shows that these cells are under the gravitational loads. And here's all the literature that shows that, 
you know, these cancers respond to loads. And here's a literature that shows when you're doing physical therapy, what's growing in your body and what's changing. So you can have all those pieces. But as far as the what works to repair it, you don't, there's no way really to ever research those types of things. You know, you're, you're turning a, a physical science into a social science, basically. And there's a lot of, it's more of an art form, really, you know, at that point. So, so all I can do is say, here's how it works, or here's the understanding of how it works. And then also here's some context to understand larger biological systems and how they work. And then the second part is, and here is essentially, you know, from my laboratory of working with tens of thousands of people for many, many years and the feedback and how they have taken the information and what has worked and what has not. And then what has made a more robust program out of it, what we now, you know, call the restorative exercise program, that in and of itself is just the trickle down. So I thought, well, how about just people know the stuff first before I say what to do, like what to do really depends on who the person is. So I can just spend a lot more time saying how to work. In in that way, I wrote the book for if I were doing a PhD program right now, this would be my dissertation. So in working with other scientists who are currently, you know, at university and working in biological fields, you know, and, and having them read it and going, you know, this is this is really the equivalent to a doctorate thesis that you have here about proposing that movement, that movement has the equivalent uh, complexity as nutrition and that there are baseline requirements, even though that's been well understood in, in separate, like in bone science and in cartilage science and in tendon science. And each, each one of those researchers not really talking to each other and going, yeah, of course, we know that, that use and and the way of use is all required and, and part of the regeneration system. But the next step then will be to figure out the figure it down to the level of micronutrients and dosages, which will take a lot more nanotechnology and uh, we'll have to use non-human animals where you're eliminating animals from doing anything else. Like these right. these mice only, you know swung from the bars and then these might, you know, so you have to, you'd have to use a primate and you'd have to isolate. I mean, real, realistically, those types of things can never, ever really be done in the same way that we can isolate food, right? Food is, you know, from our perspective, a non-living thing that's easy to hack into and measure and put on fire, but we're not so liberal with mammals, you know, which I'm in full support of. So, until you know more, I always go, well, let's go with what's biologically plausible, what makes a lot of sense, what there's a, a ton of literature, you know, supporting in pieces, and then you be your own scientist and experiment with yourself, see how it goes. Right. And that's what makes the information or the results really stick, I think, is just being able to translate that to one's own self, hmm. which you really give that option in the book. It's it's just so user-friendly. One of the most commonly held beliefs that move your DNA, well, pretty much your work, I guess, actually, challenges us to look at is the belief that many, if not most, of our health problems are brought on by aging or genetics or poor diet. And that sort of paradigm it kind of removes a lot of the responsibility and power from a person 
But I feel like this, you're always asking us, especially in this book, to consider that our bodies are ailing because they aren't meeting what you refer to as biological imperatives in the book. And for listeners that haven't had the pleasure of reading this book yet, could you please explain just briefly <laughs> what like a biological imperative is and what's happening to us the less that we meet that? Well, I don't know if we do. I don't know if I would say that we're not meeting our biological imperatives. Yes, I guess in general we're not I mean we're eating I, having babies, right? Yes, yes, so. yes. I would say that it would be more like this. The reason that the ailments that you are having are a result of a mismatch between the mechanical environment that you require and the mechanical environment that you are currently experiencing. So in that way, the things that brought about the mechanical environment, you could put you could call them biological imperatives. You know, you could say that these are necessary inputs. I think, though, um, biological imperative might be referring to other other things. But like, yes, like walking would be a biological imperative, meaning that the, it's a it's a particular input that the system requires. Um, but also, I would say instead of, you know, like, is it am I offering a counter paradigm to genetics and aging and what you eat? Or have I just refined that paradigm? For example, a big component of the book, I think we've talked about it before with diseases of captivity, or like if you compare orcas swimming and foraging in the wild, that movement environment, that mechanical environment to an orca swimming around in a tank, and the and that outcome of the health between those two whales in terms of lifespan, um, successful offspring, um, health in general, infections, how many antibiotics they need to be able to survive. If you, you compare that same whale in two situations and the list of health outcomes that you would see that there was a, a great um, divergence between their mechanical environment that they require or that they would have and the one that they have, which means that there's some requirements there that we may not um, be aware of. However, that's not to say that someone who's been swimming, someone, some <laughs> one of you out there who've been swimming in the, you know, your captive tank for longer wouldn't be experiencing ailments more because it's about being out of the environment longer. So it's not that it's not aging. It's just that aging is not necessarily the thing to hang your hat on when you're trying to get better because it allows you to continue to swim in the tank. Right. And the same thing with genetics. It's not that genetics is not the reason you're experiencing what you're experiencing. But it again, it's your genetics plus the tank. So when we have not talked about the tank that we, the orcas, are swimming around, and we keep highlighting the variables that, ha like, you can't stop time. Like, there's nothing to do about your time, and there is nothing to do about your genetics. If we keep focusing our energy and our money on on looking at variables over which we have n nothing to do with, you know, right. then what's the point? Like, what's the point as far as investing healthcare dollars? Because healthcare dollars are not, you know, general science dollars. They are specifically dollars that the government 
has allocated for improving the health of the people who have put the dollars into the pot. So what I'm just saying is there's this whole other environment that should be interesting to you scientifically, which it is in the general physical science community, which is where my data is coming from. And then there are all of the um, dollars that are going to the healthcare. I'm going, I think that dollars would be better allocated looking at um, – the environment and how changing the environment would change the outcome rather than trying to play with moving the genes around, you know, or, or selecting, you know, offspring who did it or did not have particular genes instead of going, let's just drain the pool and get out of here, you know, type thing to a certain degree. So that's, I guess that is my, that's who I'm writing the book to. Is anyone interested in that? Well, I think it's very empowering to know that you can't just drain the pool or get out of the pool and make improvements um, instead of just throwing up your hands and saying, oh, well, I'm old. Oh, well, you know, my mom had this, so I have it. It is. There's not much to do with that attitude. Like if you, there, if you take there's that, nothing there's nowhere to go. No. But if, if you have the thought that perhaps you could move your DNA, so right. to speak, that, that puts some power back in our hands. And I like that. Yeah, I like that. But, you know, I'm, I always try to uh, counter my own work. So, like I would say, you know, it's very empowering. It's disempowering. Is that a word? It is, you know, you, you remove your own power, so to speak, if you continue to look at these are just inevitable things. That all being said, if I were to counter my own argument, for many who are struggling, who have no solution, maybe it is calming to go, you know what? There's nothing I could have done to fix this. This is just, you know, my lot. This is my life and I fully accept it and I'm on board with it and I'll write it to the end. So maybe that's where some of this started was just that, you know, you should always be accepting of wherever you are. I certainly am not an advocate for being frustrated with yourself and the sum total of you in this moment. I think that acceptance is really the first step of of um, peace, being right. happy, you know, well, in general. You always say, um, start where you are, you know, when you're, when you're yeah. doing a, an exercise or something. And I like that because that just, that, that implies acceptance. Yeah. yeah. So. so I think, I think that there's benefit there. However, you know, this is where I always have, like I say, I have like a science brain and a practitioner brain. My science brain is like, What's happened is in wanting everyone to feel good about where they are, meaning in, in terms of biology, right? So if there's been some sort of biological thing that you should have been able to do, some sort of biologically defining thing like digesting or procreating or, or breathing well, like if you have some sort of ailment in those tracks, you're going, um, you know, I don't feel really great about that there's some voids kind of in my biological function. What's happened is when you go to who's in charge of your healthcare, which is usually the basic, you know, allopathic system or even your alternative system as a whole, you know, you're, you're going to your, whoever is taking care of you, whoever's on your body team. And you're saying, these are problems for me. The movement seems to be going, you've done everything that you can. And so just, accept it and move on, which is great. However, the everything that you can, the more we keep telling people that they've done everything that they can mm -hmm. and stop researching all the things that 
could be done were they understood well and a protocol designed for them. And like in my mind right now, I'm thinking of like if people have difficulty producing breast milk or if people had had difficulty vaginally delivering their baby, you know, like something that brings about stress. You know, a lot of, you know, I'm a relatively newish mom over three years and I'm in that birthing community where people are just going, you know, I feel like such a failure because I couldn't do these things. And then you want everyone to feel like, of course, it's okay that these things didn't happen for you. It's okay for you, the individual. It's okay. Like, there's no judgment here. You did everything that you could with the information that you had. My directing of this book and this work is to the people, quote, in charge of making sure that the people making the choices of behavior have all of the information so that when they chose a particular behavior, that they understood the pros and con list of that behavior. And so I'm starting to read like medical journals now that are saying, you know, perhaps we're being too hard on women who can't, you know, make breast milk and we're stressing them out by sending them lactation consultants and, you know, analyzing their diet. And it would be better, less stressful for them and the baby if we didn't do that, totally, I could see that perspective. But then it's like, well, first of all, maybe someone needs to be in teaching people how to give, you know, medical advice without, with better bedside manner. So it's like, we're just going to work with this in a low stress way. Maybe there are better systems of support. I know there are, but maybe they're being exposed to people. And then my thing is, you know, when you tell someone they've done all they can, what you really mean is they've done all the steps that you right. know about that you know about based on where the funding has gone towards understanding how these processes work. So that's a really I important see, thing. I it's think. a really important thing yeah. until I see, until I see 40 studies on how breast milk is made exactly what nutrients and like, not like, Oh, you need to make sure you've got like basic mac- macronutrients, you know, like make sure you have enough protein, like stuff that is from 40 years ago. Like until I see comparisons volume productions, relatively speaking, everyone, you know, makes a certain amount until I see research dollars being spread evenly over biological imperatives, as opposed to things like, I'm going to say it like Viagra, which I guess I totally was going to say that. I know everyone says Viagra. Oh my gosh. And then, then yeah, but that's it. But if I were queen of the world, though, I would totally put you in charge of allocation of funding uh, where it goes in studies, oh. because I just feel like that study, you know, that would be great. It just seems like it's so far away, but it would just be, yeah, we need to know. Yeah, but I'd be totally biased. Like, of you course wouldn't want you me would. In charge of money. I, 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 you would put me in charge because you're interested in the same <laughs> That's thing. That's right. So someone else going, well, we need, you know, you could have the same conversation in any different field, and someone would say, our whole future society hinges on this thing and it needs to be more research. And they're right. Like this is a very, these are very complex problems, social. Um, I, I don't know if science is the best way to solve social problems, We're, but anyway. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How did this turn into a rant? Let me get I down off my soapbox just to stretch my legs. No, Jeez. but, but it's, but it's important in looking at all of it. Was there anything when you were writing this book that you discovered that just totally blew your mind? Did you come across anything in your research that you were just like, wow, or had you kind of been gathering it all and just piecing it together? Yeah, you know, this book, I would say that, you know, the content in this book is stuff that I've been working on for a long time, like 10 years. Right. Um, The most 
the things, you know, the things that I am most blown away with, um, I would say specifically because, you know, we all have this cultural veil that comes off slowly. You know, I only know, I only know what I don't know from, through some, you know, divine insight of going, oh, I never thought to look outside of that veil, you know, and, but it's through reading, it's through reading a ton of stuff. So the neat thing is when you're, when you're looking at a lot of literature, if you're using cool search tools like a PubMed, it pulls up a lot of relative, excuse me, related type of stuff. So not so much for this book, but for my next one. So, you know, remember this book was written over a year ago. Really? Wow. That's how long it takes. People don't realize that you finish a book and then the editing process and the layout process and the and the review, like, it's a year. So I finished this puppy a year ago. Wow. Isn't that insane? Isn't that, like, really? Can you imagine? No, I, I and for some reason I just, making? no, no, I can't. Yeah. And you wrote that opus, like, on the floor, too. So. I did. And Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, we need to give a shout out to Starbucks. And the man in general for the free internet everywhere I go. Yeah. Free Wi-Fi. The man. Capital the man. T, capital M. <laughs> I always say. The man and his free Wi-Fi. Thanks, the man, for your free <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> um yeah, so the, I would say the neatest stuff, the stuff that I'm really interested in now is um, electromagnetic fields, EMF, and the emerging uh, data on how it affects cells, right? Because it's a load. It, it, too, is a load for those who've read Move Your DNA. It's one of those invisible load makers, right? Because it, it's pushing. So they're looking at, um, even though it doesn't look like it, you know, it's invisible, but it's still one of those parts. It's sure. one of those parts that needs to be considered. Looking at sperm motility, you know, after they, they've, you know, taken these poor chaps and had them <laughs> have phones that are streaming, you know, that are not on non-airplane mode, right? So if you're, on, if you're not on airplane mode, your phone is, is repeatedly connecting to the internet. Right, which means, always looking. I mean, like between out. the tower and the phone is coming these, this communication. And if your pelvis is in between it, then your junk is being affected by it. So they use men because obviously it's easy to get samples of a man. <laughs> External samples of they, a man. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? So Yes, they have a lot of that. All right. They have well, hopefully not a lot. But what I'm saying is like the re so they haven't done it in women yet. But just recently I saw um they measured exposure to in utero fetuses that they were able to gain access to later on and could see uh, altered development. Wow. So it's, I can't even talk about that study that, because it makes me sad, no. but. Um, and we won't, we'll, we're not going to right now. Uh, no, no, no. But I meant in general, just this notion of we are being moved by so many things. So many things are in our tank. And so like, what can I do with that information is like, okay, well, I'll turn my uh, cell phone onto airplane mode if I'm not needing it, or if people sleep with it by their head yeah. all night long, just put it, just put it on airplane, just put it on airplane mode. Is there proof that it can give you anything? No, but there's proof that it's changing your cells. And I, for one, don't really need any more than that to turn it off at night when it's sitting in our kids' room, you know? It's good enough for me. Good enough good for enough me for right me. now. Yeah. It's good enough. I want to let people know that we're going to talk more about Move Your DNA in future shows and future episodes. You can get this book, even though it's, you said it's not technically, well, they're shipping pre-orders. It's out. It's you out. can go, and, and here's the deal. You can go down to Barnes & Noble 
and get that book. You can go to your bookseller, your local bookseller. If they don't have it, just request it, have them order it. But the book is so worth your time. I'm, if you could see me now, and this wasn't a podcast, I am emphatically slapping my hands together um, <laughs> to let you know how good this book is. That's all I have to say. We're going to talk about it a lot more because I have so many questions about it, and I sh- I'm sure I will after my second and third read. Thank you so much for your time today. We will talk again soon, Katie. Thank you, and um, I appreciate that you read it. Thank you. And oh anyone my gosh, who read it, yes. anyone who read it, thank you. You, um, you complete me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Have a good rest of your day. Get out and move. All right. You too. All Bye, right, Danny. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, folks. I just wanted to remind you. If you want your copy of Move Your DNA right now, you can walk down to your local bookseller and get it. Go to one of the bigger ones like uh, Barnes & Noble if you need to. If you like to listen to your books, you can go to audible.com and get your copy of the audiobook. You can also get an ebook and a hard copy at restorativeexercise.com or order your hard copy through moveyourdna.com as well. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit Katie Bowman's edutaining blog, katiesays.com. For books, online classes, downloads, and continuing educational courses with Katie, visit the Restorative Exercise Institute at restorativeexercise.com. Her most anticipated book, Move Your DNA, will be available in September 2014. You can learn more about Danny Hemet at moveyourbodybetter.com and dannyhemet.com.